Hi, you guys. Welcome back to 35,000 Feet. I'm Alexa. And I'm Kylie. And thanks so much for joining us today. We have Sarah Heron on today, and she talks about kind of how she got started into travel, which has been fairly recent, which yeah. is super fun because she kind of gives her words of advice. She talks about the first kind of trip that she ever went on. She talks about she lifts. She talks about kind of just her journey, which I think is so fun. Yeah, and she even mentions what's upcoming for her next, which is really exciting. I always love to hear that from our guests. And yeah, we can't wait to jump in and have you hear her story. Yeah, let's head right into the episode. Okay, all right, you guys. Welcome to 35,000 Feet. We're so excited to be sitting down with our friend Sarah today, and she's going to tell us a little bit about herself. Yeah. Hi. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to chat with you guys. You know how much I love Akinola and being able to just get to know awesome people through travel and all of our experiences. So I'm really, really excited to be here. I guess just a little bit about myself. I first met Kylie, the founder of Akinola, through Instagram and had <laughs> the pleasure of joining her on a trip to Morocco last year. And um, I'm the founder of SheLift, a nonprofit that enables and encourages women with physical differences to discover confidence through recreation and mentorship. And I guess better known, I was on season 17 of The Bachelor and a couple episodes of Bachelor in Paradise. So I've done it all and I love to travel and I love to get outside and recreate and meet badass ladies. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I love that too. And that's why I was so stoked to have you on our trip in Morocco. And as we've talked many times, that's going to be one trip of many. And so just thrilled to to meet you there. And yeah, it's just incredible what you've done. Totally. Thank you so much. So many diverse things. Yeah. What would you say kind of your first experience was with travel? <sighs> okay. So I actually had not really left the United States or the continental you know, North America, really, I should say, since I mean, I had been to Canada briefly on The Bachelor. <laughs> I was there for like a day and then was eliminated. And then I had been to Mexico several times. But other than that, I had never really left North America since I was a kid. And I, I don't even really remember. I had been to Paris a few times as a kid. And so I don't really remember traveling internationally until about a year ago. And I feel like in this last year and a half now, it's just been a whirlwind and I'm trying to soak up as much international travel and experience as possible because it's so eye-opening to leave the bubble that you live in and just to get all these new perceptions and understandings of culture and people and the way the world works and just to see and experience like, new locales is so incredible. Yeah. So I feel like a noob when it comes to international (laughs) travel, but I'm trying to catch up quick. That's so awesome, Sarah. Actually, it's interesting that you and I have a similar story in that sense. I actually didn't travel that much international growing up. We did do a lot of road trips across the U.S., but Mm. really once I got the opportunity to travel, which wasn't really until university for me, I just soaked it up and loved it and couldn't stop. I'm curious, what was like, what was that moment or what made you decide to like go on that international trip? 
would say like a year ago when you really kind of dove into traveling a lot? Well, I'll give full credit to my boyfriend (laughs) who was like, we got to go. Like, we got to get you out of the United States. And we decided to book a trip to Panama and we wanted to go visit the San Blas Islands for New Year's. It was Christmas and New Year's. And we had been dating for like nine months. And I was like, wait a second, you want to pull me away from my family on Christmas and New Year's? But it sounded so just like out of my comfort zone and so different for me that I I was really excited by it. And the idea was to sail San Blas for a full week. And I also had never lived on a sailboat for a full week. And I didn't know if I could tolerate, you know, just the extreme change of living, I suppose you could say. And so part of it was romantic, right? I wanted to go experience something with my boyfriend. And then part of it was because I had never done anything like that before. And so that was, I suppose, the catalyst that just really opened my eyes to different parts of the world. And experiencing Panama City was so vibrant and beautiful. And from there, we went to Cartagena, Colombia. And oh my God, the colors and the fruit and the people. It was just, it blew my mind. And I think international travel is like a drug from there. You know, you just get addicted (laughs) and you're like, what can I see next? Yeah. I love that you're coming from a perspective of like, international travel is fairly recent for you. And it like, is I'm sure still kind of scary and like getting over those kind of like hurdles of like, crap, can I be on a boat for a week? Can I go here and like have a fun time? Am I going to hate this? I'd love to hear more about kind of what you do. Obviously, you've been able to travel over the last year, but what would you say? Like, tell us about She Lifts and all of that stuff. Yeah. Okay. So I started She Lifts almost four years ago and it's been amazing because once a year I host two retreats, one to two retreats typically for women with physical differences. And these retreats take place in California, Colorado, Utah, kind of like is the zone that I love. And I love sharing outdoors and recreation with with other women. So I host these retreats where we go camping, we go hiking, skiing, rock climbing, and I help push women out of their comfort zone because I've learned for me, when I was pushed out of my comfort zone, that's when I was able to cultivate confidence in relation to what my physical body was capable of doing. Because so long, for so many years of my life, I believed I couldn't do things. I believed, well, if I have one arm, there's no way I can rock climb. Or if I have one arm, there's no way I can pitch a tent by myself. And so I just never even tried. And then once I got past that barrier, that self-limiting belief is when I realized, wow, I'm actually capable of so much more than I ever thought. And how empowering that feels when I realize that I am capable of doing it. So I wanted to share that feeling with other women. And we're, you know, right now our retreats are domestic. We stay in the Western United States, as I said, but obviously there's their goals and their visions and hopes to take it abroad and international because I also think as we've talked about stepping out of your comfort zone in terms of travel, that's a huge boost in confidence and self-esteem for people as well. So that's what I do with SheLift. And then on the side, you know, I'm just, I'm experimenting. I feel like I am a professional experimenter. I'm always (laughs) trying new things, 
I love that. I think one thing that I kind of took from that is many people, I think, think of a lot of things that maybe they can't do or reasons that they can't do things. And it's really easy to just focus in on that and feel, I know that I do this with, with small things even, you know, it's really easy to focus in on those things that are hard or that, you know, challenges that we've been given and just almost not give up, but almost just paint in your mind, a picture in your mind that you can't do something. And I love, that's one thing that I loved um, about you from the beginning is that that's something that you've really shown to overcome. One, very, very impressed with not only what you're doing, Sarah, but how you're inspiring other, not even women, other people to kind of overcome challenges or difficulties in their lives. And I love that, you know, international travel can kind of be a, um, an example of that. But I'm curious, kind of like what, at what moment did you really kind of, or it could be moments, decide that, you know, you were going to kind of take this path of, I'm just going to do it versus maybe, you know, feeling like you can't do something or feeling sorry for yourself, which I do a lot. <laughs> I think as women, mm-hmm. we do that a lot. I'm curious, like maybe what moment you felt that, or maybe it's something that, you know, you have to kind of actively remember day to day now. What's, that, what's yeah. that like? That's a really great question. And I don't think, I don't think it comes with this like flip of a switch. You know, I, I talk a lot about cultivating confidence and self-esteem with women. And I always try to emphasize that it's not just a flip of a switch. It takes effort and it takes baby steps. And I think for me, you know, I didn't just step out one day or wake up and step out of bed and decide, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to become a skier and a rock climber and a hiker. And I have this bucket list of all the things that I'm just going to completely change my mindset about and go do. It didn't happen that way. It was incremental. It took baby steps. It took patience. But it did start with a desire to stop holding myself back and to stop limiting myself. I think the light bulb went off for me when I was about 20, I was probably 24 years old, 24, 25. And, you know, friends would invite me to go to the beach for a day of volleyball. And I didn't want to go to the beach because I started to create this story in my head that was like, well, I can't play volleyball. And then everyone's going to ask me if I want to play volleyball. And I'm going to have to come up with some reason about why I don't want to play volleyball. And then I feel awkward. And so I just didn't go at all. And I just kind of got really sick of feeling that way, that I had to create these stories and excuses for myself. And so I decided, you know what, I'm going to I think one day I was just like, I'm going to go on a hike by myself and because I know hiking makes me feel really good. And then something just started to manifest. It was like the more time I spent out on the trail hiking and thinking about life and thinking about the energies I wanted to bring in, um, I started to grow more and more self-accepting of myself and and community started to develop around me. So I started making friends with people that wanted to go hiking with me. And I started to develop confidence through the eyes of those friends because they believed in me and they believed in my capability, which helped me believe in myself. And so it turned into this like snowball effect. 
So I don't think there's just like one piece of advice to people that need to stop believing their self-limiting beliefs. I think it takes it takes patience and it takes work and it takes intention, I think is the biggest key. It's not going to happen overnight, but if you can take baby steps towards being the person you want to be, towards being the version of the person you want to be and surrounding yourself with like-minded people, I truly believe that the energies of people and experiences you want to have in your life will find their way to you. So if traveling is something that maybe you're too scared to try or you don't have the experience traveling internationally or you don't have the experience staying in a hostel or something that feels totally out of your comfort zone, I think take baby steps towards it. You know, start talking to people who've had travel experiences like that. Talk to people who've also felt insecure or afraid about doing something new and uncomfortable and learn from the people who can inspire confidence in you to be that version of yourself. Yeah, I love that. I mean, you can't like... It isn't an easy, I don't know. We want there to just be like a formula for like, okay, like this is how you get through all the things. And like you hear someone talk about it on a podcast or on whatever. And you're like, okay, like I can do that. But it's also so frustrating because you're like, is it that easy? But it really does just take time and effort and baby steps to like kind of get through whatever fear or journey we're going through. Exactly. And a perfect example with starting a podcast, like no one out there has deadlines for you. You know, like when Kylie said, yeah, I want to start a podcast. I think that was back in November. Just because she said that doesn't mean I have a deadline in my head. Oh, Kylie better have that podcast up and ready by next month or (laughs) she's a failure. Like, Instead, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Kylie wants to do that. I'm totally here and supportive of her starting the podcast and am able to offer support in any way that I can. So it's like just having the right intentions around things and not having unrealistic expectations or deadlines that you have to reach. Just, I I think, you know, to reiterate, have patience and give yourself grace. Well, I think we forget how much too, like people are willing to support us. Like you said, is like, People are willing to help if they also have like some time, but if they care about you, like they're willing to help and they're like willing to help you figure out your timeline and support you through that. When in reality, in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, like everyone's going to judge me because this and this hasn't happened yet or this and this. But in reality, like nobody cares. (laughs) People care about you, but they don't really care about all the things that you think they care about, if that makes any sense at all. (laughs) But yeah, like so nobody's true. judging you. Nobody has time to judge you. I don't have time to judge anybody. <laughs> so exactly. True. It's so true. It's so true. And often I think about how, you know, we get so in our in our own heads and isolated with our story and or our projects or whatever it is we're working on rather than sharing or asking for help. And how often when someone asks you for help, it feels it feels like an honor. You know, I'm privileged if someone says, Hey, Sarah, I consider you someone to know, like you have your shit together. Like, you know what you're doing when you go rock climbing, can you help me? And I think that's like the greatest form of flattery. And also is this, it creates this cyclical boost of confidence because then it makes me feel good. And I want to help people who want to learn. So it's like, I think people just need to be 
talking more and asking for help when help is needed and not being so secretive and holding their story or, you know, their project so closely. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Wow. I needed to hear that, Sarah. That was really great. I think so many times it's easy to do something because you think that's what other people want to see, or you think that's what will make other people happy when at the end of the day, it might be kind of just like growing chaotically inside you, or it's just, you know, causing chaos in your own life. And you just can't figure out why you're doing it because you're not doing it for yourself. I love that. And I think- Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Well, I I can share just a quick example. Like, as I've been building SheLift and even my own personal brand, I met with a consultant who was like, okay, so how often are you blogging? And I was like, um, I don't know, like <laughs> whatever I feel like it, sometimes once a week, sometimes like once every six months, I don't know. And they're like, well, how often are you sending out newsletters? And I was like, never. And she was like, well, you know, to build this brand that you want, you really should be blogging once a week and sending out a weekly newsletter and da, 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 and like a whole laundry list of all the things that I should be doing if I want to be the best entrepreneur version of myself. And so I just got overwhelmed with like, these are all the things that I need to be doing. But the truth is, I don't like doing those things. So why would I put myself out there as this person that sends out weekly newsletters and weekly blogs if I don't find joy in creating those things. Because when I do it, instead, it just brings unnecessary stress and deadlines and pressure into my life that aren't serving me when I could be out doing the things that I do love and bringing much more authentic joy into other people's lives through that. Totally. Well, and I love that we're kind of talking about like being genuine to yourself and talking about travel because like, I think it's kind of the same thing with travels. It's like, If you don't, if you look at Instagram or somebody's blog or somebody's newsletter and you're like, okay, well, like, I guess the thing is that you have to be trendy and travel. Like, here we go. And you don't really want that. Like maybe your version of travel and experiencing culture is like going to your local, I don't know, cultural festival downtown. Like that's great too. I think the point of us talking about travel and all these things is just to like get outside of yourself and experience something that's uncomfortable to you. I don't care if it's flying to Thailand or if it's like having dinner with your neighbor who you've never met. I think it just is like connection. And if like international travel isn't your thing, like don't feel pressured to do that. That's okay. Like, I think it's a great thing to experience, but it's like, it's like you're saying, just is like everybody should be able to have their own thing and what brings them joy. And if traveling makes you stress, like find another way to experience culture and meet new people and, get outside of yourself. And I think that's like an important thing to remember because especially with social media, I think people get wrapped up in like, oh, is my worth in how many trips I go on? And it's like, no, it just is like, if that's something that brings you joy, then great. And if it doesn't, that's cool too. Totally. I 100% agree. And I think going off of that, it's, you mentioned Alexa a little bit on that many people now have places on their bucket list because they've seen it on Instagram or they've seen it in a publication. And I think the people that really maybe, you know, soak in, you know, travel and I feel like really change the experience are going for a different reason. I'm curious, Sarah, maybe what's like, what are some of the reasons like deep down that really, and I think this has grown for you, it sounds like over the past couple of years as you've traveled, like what are the reasons that you love to travel? Like what, what do you love? What gets you there? And what like keeps you growing through that process? 
Hmm. I think, I mean, for me, this sounds, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to answer this, but like, I'm an incredibly aesthetically driven person, right? Like I love beauty in life and culture and art and, and I love getting to experience seeing different pieces of beauty in the world, whether that's a new mountain range or um, the way different cultures dress or even being able to walk through markets in different cultures and, and see the foods that grow there or, you know, the grains that they harvest. I just, I love absorbing visual beauty. And so for me, I think, I think that's why I love travel is like, I just love taking in different sites. And when I'm able to do that, it feels almost like a high. You're just like in this state of flow. Like I feel kind of untethered, you know, it just feels like the world is in your hands. And I know these are kind of cliche things to be saying, but I don't know how to better describe it. I just, I love absorbing just beauty throughout the world and getting to see it firsthand is, is probably what keeps me motivated to try and experience new places. I love that. And I think just from being with you in Morocco, I can, I definitely saw that, you know, it's when you are able to be immersed and able to live in the experience and really, you know, see the beauty and have it change your perspective, it's so life-changing. And I think that's, for me, also the beauty in travel is that you're able to see new things, recognize the beauty of the world and, and come back almost, you know, more grateful yeah. for, you know, where you are and, you know, this beautiful earth that we live in and the, the wonderful people in it. And that, yeah, I think that wasn't cliche at all. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah. And and it's like, I know when you travel, it obviously puts things into perspective. But what I love is you could be on the opposite side of the world, speaking to someone in, you know, not speaking. You could just be communicating, maybe through even a translator, with someone who shares completely different beliefs or, or religions and at the end of the day, like we're all still just humans. And I love discovering how similar we actually are despite our differences. And I think especially Mako, you know, that was something I took away is like, wow, you know, we all still just invite one another into our homes, offering tea and cookies. And it might look different in each home, but human connection is the same wherever you are. And I think that's really, really cool. And to experience it in the different ways that it takes shape is really, really, I don't know, it's it's like bigger than us. And, and I think that's really cool about travel. Oh yeah, I think that's my favorite part about travel is like going somewhere that's just could not be more polar opposite from your normal life. And you're like, wait, you're just like me, but it's different, but all the same at the same time. And you're like, okay, yeah. that like really brings the world full circle of just being like, Definitely. oh, I can be friends with someone that lives in the middle of nowhere, Russia, and yet like somehow we're the best of friends. And it's like, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. I love that. We're going to end on some kind of like rapid fire type travel questions. Sweet. <laughs> that makes it sound really intense. We're not going to... I'm really, on geography. <laughs> I'm really excited for these answers, Sarah. I don't know some of them. So I'm like, oh, I wonder what she's going to say. <laughs> yeah, as long as they're not geography questions. No, they're not. <laughs> I can't answer those either. So no worries. <laughs> we'll have to leave that up to Kylie. Okay. 
Okay, so what is one of the like wildest things you've ever eaten on a trip? Oh, oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> it's okay if it's not wild. Yeah, we've, we've had or some- like interesting or maybe something that surprised you that you ended up loving. Yeah. <sighs> Kylie, is this the one you think you know? I don't think it would have been on Morocco. I don't think so. Their food is very bland. <laughs> I, I like feel it. like it's not that inspired. It's not that scary. <laughs> I don't think I've ever actually, I don't think I've had one of those experiences yet. Like I, I went to Australia and we almost had kangaroo burgers, but didn't like, I feel like I'm still waiting for that experience. That will be the next trip, Sarah. Yeah. I'm going to make sure okay, that we have that, that baked into <laughs> the itinerary. Back, I promise. <laughs> we kind of hinted on this first place you traveled. Was that, I'm going to have you answer it again. First place you've traveled. The first place I ever traveled was really Mexico, but like the first real travel experience was Panama down to San Blas Islands and Cartagena in in the same trip. What is something that you always put in your suitcase that's like interesting or a little bit strange that not most people usually bring along? I would say silk silk sheets is pretty pretty strange to me. You guys, I'm never going to live it down. But honestly, amazing. Not maybe weird to some people. I don't know. Like going back to some of those creature comforts, I said, like I always bring my Clarisonic everywhere, which seems a little bit bougie. But I just skincare. I'm so weird about my skincare that I bring. (laughs) I bring it all. Bring the full on line. Yeah. Well, you can't disrupt the skin cycle because once you do, it's like, I'm sorry I ever mistreated you and then it hates you. So you just got to keep up with the routine. <laughs> I know, I know. That and yeah, I don't think I have anything else too weird. I, I try to pack pretty minimally, actually. I'm pretty, I, I think I am, I can be pretty impressed with myself at times. I wasn't, yeah, I was impressed with you. Both you and Olivia in, in, in Morocco, actually. I was like, wow, you didn't actually pack that much. Oh, but Brie, okay, Brie knocked it out of the park. She brought everything in her backpack. Wow. I know. Shout out to Brie right now. Yeah. We're going to make sure she yeah, listens to this. Good. Yeah, She was a rock star. Um, yeah. Okay, Sarah, my question for you, and I'm excited for this one because it might have changed since we last spoke. What is your next travel destination? Not maybe one that you have planned, but one that you would, like your dream travel destination. You can give a couple yeah. if you have some yeah. on your list. I still, I'm really craving Asia, Southeast Asia. I would really, really love to check out, you know, anything in like French Polynesia region. Japan is huge on my bucket list. I really want to go see the cherry blossoms. And my boyfriend went skiing there last year and it looks so epic. And then like my big enchilada is I would really love to do Nepal. I'd like to see, I'd probably like to do the Annapurna circuit or Everest base camp at some point in my life. So those are kind of my two biggest big ticket items. But yeah, I think that's the same since we, since I told you, isn't it Kylie? Similar. I do remember, I do remember Nepal being the top of the list because I remember thinking I actually haven't hiked many of those roots in Nepal. And I want to be right there with you. That's going to be yeah. an epic. Trip. Yeah. And I've always, I've been to Africa twice now, but I, I really would like to go back. Kilimanjaro has been on my bucket list yes. for like six years now. And so I, I feel confident I'm going to check that one off in the near future. So hopefully I just got to get the ball rolling on that. 
I just have to point out something. I love how you're, I'm, I'm summarizing this and your story started with silk sheets and now has transitioned to hiking Kilimanjaro and Everest Base Camp. <laughs> yeah. Like that is I know. pretty cool. Like, I just want to point that out. That is cool. A lot of things have changed, but some things stay the same in little ways. <laughs> I but yeah, I've gotten much more comfortable with adapting to my surroundings and the elements. And I'm quite proud of that. So <laughs> I think it's very- I still bring my sleeping mask though. I put the, you know, my, my mask over my eyes. I feel like you're allowed to be like as high maintenance as you want, as long as you like, I don't know, make it work for other people and can still adapt to the situation that it's like, girl, you bring whatever mask you got to bring. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it's like, I can go five days without a shower. That doesn't bother me. <laughs> we are going to be friends forever, Sarah, because I can go seven. Yeah, I thought you were going to say, we'll take your word on that. <laughs> okay, last question. What would be your number one piece of either travel advice or just life advice for someone who's holding off on a trip that scares them or life goals that scare them or whatever that is? Okay. So honestly, I would say my biggest piece of advice, and I'm not just saying this because Kylie's on the phone, is go with a group. Like, I think the biggest barrier to entry with travel is not knowing where to start, especially with international places that you have no experience with. And for me, that's my case is like, I don't know where to stay. I don't know what kind of currency I need. I don't know what to eat. I don't know anything. And so the best piece of advice I can give you is to book with a group, like go through Akinella or find friends who have experience or who would be down to go on the trip with you. I don't think we should be expected to figure it all out and do our itineraries and all of our planning on our on our own. I think we should rely on the experts and the people that know the area and the cultures the best because you want to have the best possible experience when you're experiencing those places for the first time. So that's my bit of advice. Go with trusted sources. Hand over the hard work to Kylie <laughs> and Akinella and, and let them do it for you because it really changes the way that you can have these experiences of new cultures. Well, there you go. I mean, I love that ending. <laughs> I think no, it's, I know. it's like, that's not sponsored. <laughs> not sponsored. I swear. I just, I think that's the best way to go about it because yeah. if you don't know, you don't know. So let someone else do it for you. Yeah. Yeah. Or finding those friends is so awesome or someone who's already comfortable with it or already been there. That's so nice to kind of have exactly. that. Well, Sarah, thanks so much for chatting with us. It was so fun to get to know you a little bit. I know Kylie's gotten to know you, but I haven't. So it's been so fun yeah. to kind of hear from you and hear about your travel and your silk sheets and the amazing things yeah. that you're doing. And just, Thank you. It's so great to meet you too. Anyone listening to this, I think you have some big things to look forward to with Sarah traveling, with Akinella, with me in the future. Yeah. You know, we've already been kind of dabbling in some things. So we're just, yeah, like, like Alexa said, so happy that you were on this. Great to reconnect with you. And yeah, yeah can't wait to see you at 35,000 feet the next time on a flight somewhere <laughs> awesome. I know. Same girls. It was really great chatting with you, Alexa. I look forward to meeting you. Yes. Thank you. Bye, ladies. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast made in partnership with Akinella Expeditions. Don't forget to listen in next week and don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. That really helps boost the podcast so we can bring it to even more listeners. And we'll be coming to you from, who knows, our home in the United States or from 35,000 feet. 
Until next week. Bye.